if for whatever crazy reason I end up getting another dog, I am going to name it Dander. Just so I can say, this is my dog Dander, and confuse the living shit out of people. Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matt, and somehow I am both twerking hard and hardly twerking. Holy shit, it is episode 30. Time flies when you're constantly thinking, writing, recording, writing, re-recording, writing, editing, more editing, and shamelessly, desperately reaching out to people to convince them to listen to your bullshit. I am not proud of myself for much, but I will admit I am proud of myself for this. What's crazy is the ideas keep coming to me. I've got big plans for lots of wackadoo shit that I want to do coming up, so... Let's hope I can check everything off my list before I deplete the entire world's coffee supply. So first thing I have for you guys today is my monthly bitching about Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is like that X from my 20s that I can't fucking stand and annoys the living shit out of me, but somehow I always end up inside of it. The thing is, I don't hate Trader Joe's. I like Trader Joe's. It's the people who shop there that I fucking hate. And if anyone is thinking to themselves, well, you shop there, so you must hate yourself. Yes! On their own, out in the wild, the people who shop there are probably fine. They're presumably contributing members of society. They're not outwardly trying to hurt anyone. Either they're sending quotes from the office to their friends or sending quotes from friends to the office. But when you get all of these people together in a tiny building with annoyingly slim aisles, they become the worst. I walk through the doors and it looks like the lawn section of a Dave Matthews concert. Immediately, I clock someone talking on their phone on speaker, which I will accept no fucking excuse for. I try my absolute best to empathize with people that I don't understand or do things that I don't agree with because I truly believe the world needs more of that. But there is some things I cannot bring myself to fucking stomach. Talking on speakerphone in public is up there with under-tipping your server and the phrase, if it doesn't scan, that means it's free. In an airplane full of people who have been to Jeffrey Epstein's island, the one who talks on their speakerphone in public is the one who should be in jail the longest. So the good news for this trip is I know what I want. I have a list and it isn't much. The bad news is that it is all in the frozen aisle, which is the highest traffic area in the store. It is like the second act of Black Hawk Down in that fucking aisle. Here's what happened. There is a mom with three kids walking down that aisle kind of in front of me, trying to get through her day without becoming America's next family annihilator. Her kids are being kids. They're all having the exact same conversation with each other that I'm having in my own brain at that very same moment. I'll get the chicken nuggies, but we're gonna wait to get the ice cream till next time. I've been there, I was there, right at that moment. Totally get it, can empathize. I'm not sure if she even smokes, but this woman looked like she needed a cigarette. And then some random fucking Yahoo 
that is walking in the opposite direction in the same aisle just stops dead in his tracks and starts talking to this poor woman unprovoked. He says, isn't it interesting how you never have to teach children about negotiation? You just bring them to the grocery store and blah, 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 blah. First of all, no, it isn't fucking interesting. You are not interesting. You just brought the entire traffic flow in the busiest aisle of a tiny store to a complete standstill to share your watered down Jerry Seinfeld observational garbage and now everyone's day is on hold and no one's life is any fucking better for it. Shut the fuck up and get out of everyone's way before I rip your fucking heart out and feed it to you. And if you think that was harsh, you should have heard the half-assed condescending courtesy laugh that the mom gave him. She didn't even care enough to respond with words. I wasn't really looking at him, but I could feel the positivity leaking out of his body. Can I get a cleanup on the frozen aisle, please? I don't mean to be a dick. I really don't. I guess he's just trying to be nice, and there's nothing wrong with that on a surface level, but have a little situational awareness. Don't go out of your way to be nice at the expense of being kind. It was the quickest trip to Trader Joe's I have ever had, but I couldn't help myself. And I got two overpriced bags of cashew butter cashews on top of the three bags I already have at home because I have a Bill W. and Dr. Bob level problem and I need help. Meanwhile, I have to mention this because I saw it right before I got started recording. <laughs> I read that Adele got engaged or as I like to call it, she's starting pre-production on her new album. She got engaged to a sports agent, her own little Jerry Maguire there. That's awesome. You love to see it, but here's the thing. If they're engaged, theoretically, this dude has been around in her life for a while. I mean, let's hope so, right? You would have to assume that he's been around long enough to see her perform. She's been doing her whole Weekends with Adele thing in Vegas for a couple months now, and apparently she's killing it, which does not surprise me in the least. Also awesome. But he has to have gone to at least one of those shows and watched her sing Someone Like You, Easy On Me, and Take It All, and Hello, and Cold Shoulder, and Set Fire to the Rain, and Can't Let Go, and Rolling in the Deep, and all I ask, and now and then, I could go on, you guys, but how can this dude watch her sing song after song about relationships ending and think, but it's going to be different with me? When you go to an Adele show as someone who is in a relationship with her, every song is a red flag. How does he come to terms with that? I wish I had that kind of fucking ego, man. What does it even feel like to believe in yourself on that stupid of a level? And I'm not calling whatever his name is. I'm just going to fucking refer to him as Jerry Maguire. I'm not calling Jerry Maguire stupid. When someone finds their way into your heart, that is it, man. The game is over. Logic, reason, sanity, credit limits, those things all mean nothing. 
when you're falling in love with someone and you've got your heart and whatever's in your pants yelling at you about whoever it is. Apparently, his heart and his junk are yelling at him so fucking loud, it's drowning out entire concerts. I'm rooting for them all the way, and that's the truth. But also, is he like not even a little nervous? I gotta catch up on Gold Star answers because I know I'm a little behind. For the Gold Star question from two weeks ago, who is a celebrity that you don't like for no reason at all? I got the usual shitload of answers from you assholes, and I am so proud. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but I want to run through a few highlights that I thought were really good. The first one is Pat Sajak. I watched The Wheel when I was a kid, and he always seemed nice, bland, but nice. Have you guys seen all the videos of him being a dick to contestants for no reason at all over the last couple of years? Between Trader Joe's and Adele, I get that I don't really have a lot of room to talk about being an asshole, but if I made Pat Sajak money, I would be barely recognizable with my sunny ass demeanor. I feel like he's the kind of dude where we're going to find out that he has a fetish for cutting off people's toes and cooking and eating them or some weird shit like that. I got Sarah Silverman and Sandra Bullock. Both are weirdly acquired tastes. I do think Sarah Silverman is funny, but I don't know anyone who loves her to death. You know what I mean? Sandra Bullock is fine. She's, she's fine. I don't even have a joke about it. She's fine. My favorite performance of hers, she's fine. I don't know. I got a couple of the usuals, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Will Ferrell, the ones that everybody, you know, either you like them or you don't. I see all sides of those three. We've talked about it previously. The ones I got that I like the most. First was Matt Damon, who I think is great, but I also do think that sometimes he goes a little bit too out of his own way to be down to earth, if that makes any sense. And then I got Eric Andre, who I've... (laughs) I fucking love Eric Andre. If you've ever seen the Eric Andre show, it's a lot. It's a blast. I think it's hysterical, but it's a lot. He's one of those people who is always on, if that makes sense to you guys. Watching Eric Andre do anything is exhausting. But more importantly, I feel like being Eric Andre is more exhausting. There's an interview that he did with Larry King a few years ago before Larry died. That's actually fucking great. There's a point where Larry is asking him rapid fire questions about like whatever. And Eric just starts answering Larry King to every single one of the questions. It's actually pretty fucking good. Halle Berry and Famke Jansen would probably get credit for being the most off-putting on the list. And then the award for overall best response is, and I quote, Don Cheadle, fuck that guy. End quote. Can't really add anything to that. For this week's gold star question, this is something that I'm actually really not looking forward to. I am so sorry to do this to you guys, and I am even more sorry to do this to myself. But here's the deal. I genuinely need your help. 
it has occurred to me that a trailer for this shit show podcast is necessary for any kind of forward movement. And a very lovely European gentleman in a YouTube video told me that part of my trailer should include segments of the program. The thing is, I genuinely don't know what I should include. I am way too hyper self-aware to be any kind of useful in picking any of the shit that I've done. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've been, you know, talking to people, working a room, and I've said something that I thought would cause a laugh bomb and ended up making the room sound and feel like a mortuary. So even if I was to try to get past my self-loathing, I would be the worst one to make any kind of decision here. My beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, bless her heart, tells me that it's all so good I could include any of it. Very sweet, but unfortunately not the least bit helpful. So I am going to put it to you beautiful people out there. I know this seems self-indulgent, but I can assure you that this is bar none the most uncomfortable I have ever been while doing this show. The gold star question of the week, I'm so sorry, is what has been something that you have laughed at the most? And, oh God, please, please be specific. I'm so sorry. Not just something that I do weekly, but something that is uniquely singular, if that makes sense. A specific bit from a specific episode. I don't know. I'm so weirded out by even doing this that I might be putting together words that don't actually mean anything. And I'm asking extra nicely with a cherry on top to all four corners of listeners out there, please take a minute to respond to this one because it will genuinely help me pick something out that is going to be the most successful for a trailer for this shit show. I hate this so much. I probably sound like the world's most jackassiest jackass. Please reach out to me, atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com, at atomicskullpodcast on Instagram, or whatever other way you can think of that works best for you. Call my new hotline, 1-900-SUCK-MY-ASS. It's only $1.95 for the first minute and $4 for each additional minute. Thank you all in advance. I mean it. I am going to buy each and every one of you a car. So it actually occurred to me while I was on the shitter this week that I never talked about the Super Bowl. And by the Super Bowl, I mean the commercials. I understand there was also a sports game that was played. That was pretty neat. I don't know. The commercials are pretty much an exercise in what company can overpay to secure the most obnoxious celebrity cameos. And nothing really gave me much of a boner for this year. All the movie trailers were super cool. They're always super cool. That's neither funny nor provocative. I've mentioned it before, but I think streaming services have gotten me so spoiled when it comes to commercials that I don't really care about them anymore. If you want to truly surprise me, throw a commercial right in the middle of the second quarter about mesothelioma. That might sound ridiculous, but think about it. How fucking out of place would that be? If there was a cheap ass looking commercial put together by a shitty law firm on the dangers of mesothelioma and the possibility of being part of a class action lawsuit about it, you wouldn't talk about anything else for the rest of the fucking game. Every single post on the socials, every blogger, 
influencer websites that used to be newspapers would all be like what the fuck was up with that mesothelioma commercial that is something you wouldn't see coming weirdly enough my latest late night youtube stoner rabbit hole has been retro 90s commercials there's like dozens of 30 minute videos of just commercials which is so weird to me when i was a kid all i wanted was for the commercials to be over and now here i am as a lame ass adult watching videos that are only commercials that i wanted it to be over when i was a kid and you are damn right i have some thoughts about them that is why you're fucking here first off neon green electric blue and black and white checkered windbreakers literally all of those colors together how did that slide through? There were dudes wearing those shits to go out and get laid. Sometime deep in the 90s, there was a point where some dude somewhere actually had a go out to get laid windbreaker in their closet ready to fire. Some poor girl at a bar actually spoke the sentence, I'm gonna go home with that guy over there in the windbreaker. What a wild time. And the other thing about the commercials in the 90s that I didn't realize then, but I most certainly motherfucking realize now, there is an offensive lack of diversity in those commercials. White people, as far as the eyes can see, every 90s commercial was filmed in a Connecticut Trader Joe's. The first person of color I saw, African American, I don't even want to fucking say it. I'm so sorry, you guys. The first person I saw who was African-American in a commercial was for fucking Kentucky Fried Chicken. Don't cancel me, you guys. Cancel the fucking 90s. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Super Bowl, Rihanna used the halftime show to announce she was pregnant. You ain't gonna see Bruce Springsteen do that for the Dildo Chronicles this week. I want to tell you guys about two of the most savage fucking stories I have ever been a party to in my life. Both involved couples that I was checking out at the register. Both a guy and a girl. And this is a true testament to how deliciously evil and awful people can be. Particularly when it comes to sex. The first couple. So... We have these packets of fun little shit by the registers that are little last minute add-ons and impulse purchases and things like that. Little packets of like lube and sensitivity creams and that honey that's all over TikTok that puts ants in your pants. A bunch of little cheap shits that we can add onto the sale, but also like a lot of them are genuinely fun to talk to people about. So by the registers, I've got like five or six packets of three or four different things, if that makes sense. And depending on what people are buying and who comes up, I'll talk to them and put a few of the packets in front of them and tell them about them and see if they want to buy them. Suggestive Selling 101. And each one of those things that I have up there comes with a particular script that I've developed in my head that seems to be successful. That part is important to the story. So I'm ringing this couple out. I don't even remember what they were buying. That part isn't important to the story. But I grabbed a couple packets of 
Penis Enhancement Cream, which is one of the things that I show people most often. And I am, I'm just going to give you guys verbatim my script for what I tell people. Okay, so this is a quote. You throw some of the cream on the head and the shaft, and in about five minutes, the blood vessels open up and it gets you thicker, firmer, harder, end quote. And then I'll cap it off with some sort of campy one-liner dick joke. It's actually pretty amazing that I work at a job where dick jokes are encouraged. Look at me now, mom. So I go through my script that I just gave you guys. And as soon as I get to the word thicker, the woman grabs all five packets of the enhancement cream that I have and throws them with the pile of stuff that they're buying, looking her dude dead in the eye like she's a gunslinger. No flirty, sexy grin, not like a, ooh, this sounds like fun or some stupid shit like that. She is looking at him like he forgot her fucking birthday while she grabbed those shits. It was real quiet after she did that. The vibe got so chilly, I almost needed a jacket. For the second story, different couple, also ringing them out at the register. So like everywhere else, company that I work for has a phone number program. You give us your phone number and your email and we save your receipts in our system in case you need them for manufacturer warranty purposes. And we also email your receipts to you as well as some coupons and some shit like that. Same as most other places, no big whoop. Oh my God, you guys, quick side quest. I cannot tell you how many little spats and fights I have witnessed because I simply ask if they have an account at the store. I've gotten to the point now where I am waiting for it with couples. I'll ask for a phone number and one of them has an account on file with us and the other will hit them with like a, why do you have an account with them? Which first of all, the awkwardness is utterly hysterical and I live for it. I will straight up throw gas on the fire. If someone starts making a big deal about their partner having a phone number on file with us, I'll tell them I can see their previous transactions and be like, damn, why did you need that many strap-ons or something like that and scare the shit out of them. But Seckenberg, the fact that it causes a problem at all is fucking ridiculous ridiculous to me. If you talk out the reason that people have an issue with that situation, you mean to tell me that you had a sex life before you knew that I existed? It sounds fucking stupid when you say it out loud. And if you're thinking to yourself, it's probably men who are acting that way most of the time because they're so fucking jealous, you would be right. I cannot tell you how many times a week I have to calm Johnny Jealousy down over here because his girl has an account at the sex shop. Dude, you are buying anal beads, a panty vibe, nipple clamps, and three pairs of crotchless panties. This ain't her first rodeo. Grow the fuck up and enjoy the benefit of her experience. But while it is the fellas who tend to be the most jealous, the most uncomfortably delicious situation by far that I was a part of was when a dude had his number on file and he and his lady started bickering about it right in front of me. She got so salty, they literally stopped the transaction, went outside, and I mean, I guess they had it out, I don't know. They did come back in and they bought all the stuff, but I have never seen two people so unhappy about buying shit that was going to make them come harder. It was a very quiet transaction. I should get a Congressional Medal of Honor for holding in my laughter until they left the building. But back to the second savage story. This shit is 
fucking gold. A couple comes up to the register to buy some shit. I ask if they have a phone number in our system. The gentleman gives me a phone number to look up. And the lady he is with asks whose phone number that is. And the two of them start talking about something back and forth that isn't really important to me. And I'm not able to pick up context clues. So I kind of ignore it. I'm just scanning everything. At the end of the transaction, Buddy tells me that the phone number he gave me was his ex's phone number so that the receipt for his purchase with his new girlfriend will go to her email. And that was the harshest motherfucking thing I have seen in a long damn time. There are dictators that are not that fucking brutal. Let's do best and worst of the week. And these ones are going to be pretty quick because this is kind of a slow news week for me. Best of the week, bar none, was Chris Rock scorching Will Smith in his new stand-up special on Netflix. Going back a little bit, if you guys didn't know, a couple years ago, I think like 2018 maybe, Netflix signed a $40 million deal with Chris Rock for two stand-up comedy specials. That is fucking impressive. The first special was released a few years ago. It was called Tambourine. It was solid. Chris already had a tour mapped out to nail down material for the second special before last year's Academy Awards even happened. So when the whole shit happened last year, which I am tired of hearing about and even tireder of talking about, but I am certain that Netflix very gently reminded him of that massive paycheck and told him they are getting exclusive rights to his inevitable obliteration of Will Smith and that 10 minute bit at the end of Chris Rock's new special, it's called Selective Outrage, was worth the year-long wait. I have fucking loved Chris Rock ever since his first special, Bring the Pain, which was in like 96. I'm damn sure it's 96. Fucking bigger and blacker, never scared. His specials are the gold standard. I love, love, love stand-up comedy that is also fucking smart. And Chris Rock makes it look effortless. He starts the Will Smith bit off with, I've still got summertime ringing in my ears. Drums, please. (laughs) Sorry if you don't get that, you guys. Repeating that joke was just a little treat for me. So the special comes out. Rock skewers Will and Jada. Jada responds by saying Chris Rock has always been obsessed with her based on zero fucking evidence. Will Smith says he's embarrassed and hurt by the stand-up special. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to feel sorry for him. Now he knows what it feels like to get slapped in the fucking face in front of an audience full of people. For worst of the week, here we go back to fucking Ticketmaster. So in response to Ticketmaster royally fucking up multiple pre-sales for tours and letting scalpers gobble up tickets like they're Thin Mints, Ticketmaster announced this week that they're going to be more upfront about their ticket fees going forward. They're not going to reduce the fees, mind you, heaven forbid. The amount of the fees are staying the same, but they've made a commitment to include the fees into the cost of the ticket instead of adding them on to the end. Ticketmaster really is a company for the people. I remember way back taking a girl that I really liked out for sushi. This is a long time ago. It was during one of my more particularly ratchet, emotion-free hoe phases. I met this girl on a dating app and I actually kind of started feeling feelings. Gross, right? We met up for coffee once or twice and 
fuck man, I actually kind of liked her. We both talked about how much we love sushi. So she asked me to take her out to get sushi because I'm a dude and an idiot. I said yes. About 75% into the meal, I realized that she wasn't there for me at all. She was just there for the fucking sushi. But I was stuck there and I still had to pay for it. If she would have told me up front, that she was just there for the sushi, but I still paid for it, I really wouldn't consider that a win. Now, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we're not doing segues this week. Fuck the segues. In honor of St. Patrick's Day coming up this week, I wanted to talk really quickly about when I went to Dublin a couple of years back, which was wonderful. Everyone there was tooth-achingly sweet. I got to have a full Irish breakfast, which was as delicious as it was gassy. I spent a lot of time in pubs. I found out the hard way that a lot of places to eat close before the pubs do. So I ended up getting Chinese food one night. And I want to let you guys know, if you were curious that Dublin, Ireland is not the best place to go if you want to get some full-on kicking, screaming, blow your socks off Chinese food. It was fucking terrible. The coolest thing I did when I was in Dublin is I got to go to the Guinness factory where I found out that Dublin is the only place in the world where you can drink Guinness that is actually made in Ireland. Most Guinness is made in Kenya if you can believe it. The Guinness factory is one of the tallest buildings in the city and you can go to the top floor and drink a pint of Guinness overlooking everything. Getting to do that was really one of the most amazing moments of my life. I'm not really much of a beer guy and I never really gave two shits about Guinness in particular, but after that trip, I fucking love it. I'm kind of known now for being able to suck down an Irish car bomb in record time. Those are also fucking delicious. Put one in front of me and I will treat it like Chris Evans' ball sack. <laughs> My mom is so proud of me. So I told you all of that because for Song of the Week, gotta do something that pairs well with a cold Guinness and a tall glass, right? And there are a shitload of fantastic Irish bands to choose from that would be just perfect. But because I'm a dumbass American, I'm gonna pick a song by a band from fucking Massachusetts. And judge me if you must, but I will 100% stand by my statement that no song slaps harder when you are pounding your way through a delicious pint of Guinness than I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. It is a powerhouse locomotive of a song that might not have originated in Ireland, but it captures the fucking spirit and energy of letting loose and putting yourself on a hangover investment plan that you will be paying interest on the entire following day. Do your eardrums a favor and blast them out of your body with this song right after this shit is done. It is on the Atomic Skull Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. As always, give everything there a listen. There is not a bad song in the bunch. And look at that. Another flawless episode where every sentence is nothing short of sheer perfection. Thank you, of course, as always to everyone for listening. I cannot begin to tell you how truly grateful I am 
please tell your nerd friends and get the word out to come listen to this madness and have some fun with me. If there is anything I can do to convince you guys to share this episode on any one of the socials, please do. I don't care if it is fucking LiveJournal, Friendster, Google+. It is all helpful and it's all appreciated. I'm not exactly looking forward to the gold star answers as much as I usually am because I still feel like a jackass for asking the question, but please do send the answers to me. I am humbly requesting everyone to help me out with this one because I know it's going to be helpful and insightful. I won't be sharing those answers because that would be blowing a little too much smoke up my own ass, but I will be going over last week's gold star question next week, so I have at least something to talk about. And then, coming soon, you guys, I have been working for a few months on this really great idea for a deep dive into 90s movies that I think you nerds are going to really, really love. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be great. I fucking love you guys. I am grateful for all of you. So glad you're all here, and I will see you next week. Apologies to my mother-in-law, and how are you doing? 